Do you have any tricks like that, or are you just the notes that you take, the the fill in the gap time? What's your process like? Um, I, I don't do the note thing at all. I mean, I have obviously we have all our board and all our materials out in front of us, and and that's what you study all week. You know, I always tell my daughter I study six days to take a test on Saturday. You know, so yeah, exactly. uh, it's, it's an all week process. But I will tell you that some of my better things have been written on bar napkins. So <laughs> you know, maybe on a Friday night I have a thought and I go, that might be good for the tease tomorrow. So it ends up on a bar napkin. So in case. That a little bit like Keith in that respect, I guess. How about drinking tea? How do you take care of your voice? Uh, yeah, I do drink tea when it gets cold, and uh, that helps sometimes. I just, I'm a water guy. Uh, I have one Diet Coke about two hours before the game, and I have one five-hour energy about uh, an hour and a half before the game, and then I just water it and can't wait till halftime so I can get to the men's room. <laughs> exactly. you got to think about all of those things. Absolutely. I never drink Well, you don't ever drink milk if you want to do a game. Uh, that's not going to work for you because that gets clogged back there, and the voice doesn't sound the way it's supposed to. Wow. Brad Nestler, you know, Steve Jobs was great because he saw the connection between art and science. And that's basically what I appreciate in what you're doing. You're bringing, you're a renaissance man in the sense that you recognize the art in the player and in the craft that you have in addition to the technical aspects of the sports and the sport. And that's why when people say, well, Vince Scully never played, Jim McKay never played the game, Kurt Gowdy never played the game, Pat Summerall did, yeah. but that's why you have the clout to be able to be the announcer. The, the color guy's great, but you bring that art and science. Do you feel that you're doing that when you're announcing the game? Sometimes I don't realize what I said until somebody brings it up to me after the game, to be honest with you, Robbie. I've had friends say, uh, you know, great line, and I go, what are you talking about? I mean, it just, uh, mm. sometimes it comes out and you don't realize, like you replayed that Florida ending of that Florida game, which I have heard more than once, and I got some grief about it because some people thought I was trying to make a religious statement on the last call by <laughs> the Hail Mary. <laughs> My next line was full of grace, and I didn't plan that. It just was the next line right. of a prayer when I grew up as a kid, so that came right. up. And so kind of didn't know I said that until my daughter told me when I got home that day or that hit Twitter or something. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes you don't know what's coming out and, until you say it. But anyway, I appreciate, you know, you thinking that highly of me. I can't wait to go upstairs and tell my wife that I've, I got so many compliments from one person, and I'm hoping that she'll give me one sometime during the <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a daughter as well, and it's so great to have those pair of ears listening to everything that you do and you get in the car. And let me tell you, the one person I take advice from is my daughter. And, yeah. Uh, I think it sounds like you're the same way. Uh, she runs, uh, I very seldom have anything on Twitter or whatever. And if, if it, if there is something, she puts it on there because I don't even know how to do it, but I do. <laughs> have, I, I guess. So she, once in a while, I'll send something to her and she'll go, Dad, I think I'm going to put that. I go, do whatever you have to do. I got to tell you one more story. <laughs> but you probably have to go to a commercial. I'm going to tell you one story about Pat Summerall. So I'm uh, about a 12 year old kid and I'm at a Viking Bears game and it was in December, sometimes when they had Saturday games in December and it was about five degrees below zero without the wind chill. Wow. My dad and two of the guys that work for him and we go to the game and it's so cold and every time Dick Butkus ran into Bill Brown or Dave Osborne, you could hear it in the third deck, which is where we were sitting in some. Wow. Bedrooms. 
so I go to the concession stand at halftime of the souvenir stand, and there's Pat Summerall, and he's buying oh. docking caps for he and Tom Brookshire because they're freezing to death in the booth at the old Met Stadium. I walk up and I go, Mr. Summerall, my name's Brad Nessler, and I'm going to take your job someday. And Pat looked at me and he said, good luck with that kid. <laughs> when, I, when I make it to CBS for the first time in 1990, we have an NFL seminar, and we have a party, and we've all got our blazers on, and we're doing promos and everything, and so everybody has a couple cocktails, and I walk up to Pat. I introduce myself. I said, Pat, do you remember a little chubby kid back, you know, 18, 19 years ago that came up to you at Met Stadium and said, I'm going to take your job? And he kind of looks at me and says, was that you? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you're getting closer, kid. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, man. You know what? It's a crazy world we live in right now, and our job is to really make it just a little bit better. Brad Nessler, you made a lot of people's world a little bit better this morning uh, by sharing you. all those stories. And what a pleasure to be able to meet you this way on the radio. You've got an orthopedic, orthopedic surgeon in your family now for the rest of your life. Good. I, I really got, appreciate I, I, Just about every joint I have hurts, so I'll get <laughs> <laughs> What a pleasure, and have a blessed day. It was really great to talk to you. Thanks, Doc. I'll talk to you okay. soon, man. Okay, I can't wait. The great Brad Nessler. Man, this is one of my favorite guests of all time. Thanks so much for allowing me to have this show so that I can have this kind of pleasure on a Saturday morning. Coming up next, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And I got to tell you about a chocolate that I discovered that I went and got. My wife wants to shoot me. I bought so many from Trader Joe's. And I'll tell you which one. Coming up next here on the Weekend Warriors Show on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. Fly me to the moon. moon. Let me play, play. Among, among the stars. The stars. And let me see what spring is like, like on Jupiter. Jupiter and Mars. In other words, words. hold my, my hand. hand. In other words. words. Baby, kiss me. Kiss me. Ah, uh, Frank Sinatra. He does fly us to the moon, breaking up those words. It's a gift, but it's an art. Kobe had talent, but Gary Vitti will tell you he was the hardest working guy in the gym. Talent is not enough. Frank Sinatra had talent, but he worked at it. Using your voice as an instrument. Just beautiful to appreciate. In Brad Nessler, my guest at 715. And Jim McKay, who started ABC Wide World of Sports with his storytelling and pacing and phrasing of his words. And in Luciano Pavarotti, revolutionizing the world of opera by not only having the gift of his voice, but working so hard at pacing himself, at rise the fall in storytelling, in art, in sports, and in surgery, using your voice as an instrument. So key. Speaking of that, you just heard an ad for The Last Dance, which is must-watch TV. We all were there for that 1998 season, the last of Michael Jordan on the Bulls with Phil Jackson. But in this beautifully well-done ESPN documentary, you see the whole story about Scottie Pippen fighting about the contract, but mostly he had to have foot surgery. Two years prior to that foot surgery on Scottie Pippen, Charles Oakley had the same 
surgery. The same problem. It was not to his big toe, better known as turf toe, which pretty much ended Deion Sanders' career. It's one of the most painful injuries a player can have. And you weren't going to get Deion Sanders to stop. He's the best football player in offense and defense that we've ever seen. He's the Willie Mays, best baseball player, according to Gene Crawford, Willie Mays was. Deion Sanders, probably the best football player we've ever seen. Lawrence Taylor, number two. Deion Sanders, number one. But his career ended because of turf toe. Well, can you imagine getting turf toe in the toe next to the big toe, the second toe? What exactly is turf toe? Why is it so painful? Well, here's a clapper vision. It involves a hot dog. A hot dog sits in a delicious, my favorite, by the way, is King King's Bakery from Hawaii. And you can buy them here. Oh, they're the best hot dog buns and hamburger buns. King's Bakery, those sweet rolls that they have. But if you put that hot dog in that bun, and I love mustard. You ain't putting ketchup on my hot dog. But also what I love, and if you ever go to New York, make sure you get one of those hot dogs on the street because you get not only sauerkraut, but these red onions. The problem with sauerkraut and the red onions is the sauce that they're in is a liquid. It's not thick like the mustard. And what happens when you put enough of that on, and I love a ton of it, my mouth is watering already, the hot dog pops out of the bottom of the bun because the bun gets too liquidy. It gets too moist, so it doesn't have the integrity to hold the hot dog anymore. The hot dog goes right through the bottom of the bun. The bun doesn't completely surround the hot dog. Well, that is the injury Scottie Pippen suffered in his second toe. So did Charles Oakley. That the, where the toe meets the main portion of the foot, okay, the metatarsal phalangeal joint, it's the area of the bunion, for example, in the big toe, that joint on the second toe the bone, which is the hot dog, is held in place by a bun, which are it's called a volar plate. That's the bottom of the hot dog bun. It's called the volar plate. The hot dog, the bone, goes through. Just like too much red onion and sauerkraut, the bone pops through the bottom. And the bone goes through that volar plate, goes through the bun, and hits the soft tissues on the bottom of your foot. Every time you try to lift off, or land from a jump, you don't have that protection of the bottom of the bun because the bone is right there at the skin, and it's, it's you die in pain. That's the foot surgery. So everybody needs to leave Scottie Pippen alone. That is a big deal operation to recover from. He needs to take his time. It's not like Michael Jordan breaking his navicular bone, put me in a cast for six weeks. He took the cast off and played in North Carolina. Now, the recovery from that surgery and that injury is massive. So there's your clap revision for Scottie Pippen and why everybody needs to give him a little bit of slack when he's talking about he can't play. It's true. He can't because it hurts too much, and that recovery was big time. Let's take a call. The clinic's open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Connor. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Good morning, doctor. How are you? Connor, I'm so, I, I don't take drugs, but let me tell you something. I am high right now. You know why I'm high? Because why I that? got to talk to Brad Nessler, one of my heroes, one of my favorite announcers, and I cannot believe I got to be able to talk to the guy. It's just, you make a list. 
who are the top 10 people who are currently living that you'd want to have dinner with, that you want to have a conversation with, whether it's Jerry Seinfeld. For me, it's Brad Nestler, and I can't believe I just had a conversation with him. I'm just so happy. So that's how well, I'm, I'm doing. I'm very excited for you. Hopefully you could be my hero. Okay, I hopefully can. <laughs> what do you do for a living, Connor? Um, so I actually work in solar. Oh, nice. Good yes, for you. I design. I uh, do um, surveys and I design solar systems for residential buildings. What does designing them mean? Like you have to figure out where on the roof to put the solar panel, how many panels, the angle that it has to be for the sun. Is that what you do? Um, more or less, yeah, they'll give me kind of a rough draft of where they want to place the panels. And then basically I'll go out there and measure and make sure that the rough draft can be implemented into the final draft. Wow. What an interesting thing to do for a living. That's fantastic. Yeah. How old are you and where'd you grow up? Talk to I me. am 32 years old and I grew up in Costa Mesa, California. Do you surf? I surf every day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we got day, something sometimes. in Connor. Connor, we have something in common. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm calling. I um, I basically have been out of the water for a couple of months, which, as you know, from one surfer to the next, it's pretty yeah. dreadful. Well, I've been yeah. cheating because I've been going to my spot in Ventura, and I got some of the best rides I've ever had in my life this past Wednesday, but I don't want to rub it in. Oh, man, I can only imagine. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been basically on the IR, and I kind of got um i got an mri and the mri came back and it said um do you have it in front of you connor uh i have what the so my uh good family friend is a hip specialist at the university of utah and i sent her the mri images and she uh basically gave me the diagnosis um through an email um, and she said that your right hip shows some obvious signs of wear and tear cysts in the if i'm pronouncing this right the acid Acetabulum. Acetabulum. That's the socket of the ball and socket joint. Wow. You're way too young for this. Although this week I saw a young woman, 33 years old, who I'm going to have to do hip surgery on because of her congenital damage in her hip. And now she's a mom of three. She's been on that hip 30 plus years and it's going to need to have new cartilage. You don't have just the linoleum having an issue, you got termites in the floorboards. So this is what we're going to do, Connor. There's a book that I wrote with Linda Yui called Heal Your Hips. I need you to read that book. It'll teach you about the anatomy. It'll educate you just like you educate your clients about solar. I'm about to educate you about what's involved with the hip. What's the difference between the acetabulum, the femoral head, the labrum, the psoas tendon, articular cartilage, the synovial fluid. You're going to get an education in what the parts are all about, just like you do in your business. And this is what I want to do with you, Connor. I need you to read the book, and we can't get to a swimming pool now, and you're a surfer. You know what it's like. And that's what the book is about in terms of exercise you can do. But I want to know more detail than an email from a family friend, which I appreciate, by the way. Next Saturday, I'm going to be on with Rebecca and Steve Paulette helping me and Jared Abrams as well, I want you to have in front of you the MRI report. And you're going to have that page in front of you, and you're going to read from where it says impression. And I'm going to translate with Clapper Vision exactly what's going on in your hip and what to do. In the meantime, don't let them stick a needle in your hip. No cortisone, no stem cells, no synvis. 
You and I are going to talk about what to do with your hip, and we're going to feature it next week. You're going to call in at 7.15 or 7.30, and we're going to take it from there. All right, Connor? I promise you the time that you deserve. All right? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Connor. Get the book and get get the MRI ready. All right. Thank you. All right. God bless you, Connor. Weekend Warriors, coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories about how to use your voice as an instrument. I cannot wait to teach you about Pavarotti, about Jim McKay. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai Someday, when I'm off the when the world is cold, I will feel a glow just thinking Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I know I can't sing, but I can't help it. I just love and appreciate the emphasis on the correct syllable, the elongation of the words, how he draws you in. Nobody did it better than Frank Sinatra. And in opera, no one does it better than Pavarotti. In sports, Brad Nestler, when he calls a game, it's must-watch TV for me. Joe Burrow was great, but to hear the stories of Joe Burrow, to see him through the eyes and the ears of Brad Nestler, what a treat it was. And you can listen to the podcast. Uh, go to the ESPN website and get to ESPN Favorite Podcasts, and you can hear on your Bluetooth my interview with Brad Nestler. What a true joy that was. The number is 877-710-ESPN. The clinic's open. Let's go to Michael. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. I just wanted to say I love your show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Now I have to adjust my earbuds because of all the compliments. Thank you. My head is swollen. Your show is amazing. It always has really cool topics. Thank you. Thank you. um, What do you do for a living, Michael? I'm actually the director of sales for a company, and then I've I've just started working uh, with another company, that deals with stem cells. Okay, cool. Good for you. You're in the medical profession. You've made it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, but your your topic today is really cool because there's obviously a lot of people like Pavarotti and a lot of people use their voices, and it's amazing when they have their voices. It's also something different like I went through when I lost my voice, I, I have a, uh, to this day, I have to project because I have a paralyzed vocal cord. Mm, that is, yep, that is, you know, when you say that, I think of friends of mine who are ear, nose, and throat surgeons, like David Alessi, who's one of my, he and I were interns together at Cedar sinai Back in 1983 when Michael Jackson burned his hair up at the Pepsi commercial. I don't know if you remember that. But he and I were talking about front line for COVID. We were front line for Michael Jackson way back in 1983. And I went on to become an orthopedic surgeon. And David Alessi went on to become one of the champions of how to deal with vocal cords in this town. And I really 
appreciate his friendship all of these years. The other time the vocal cord entered my life was as a medical student. Now I'm going way back to 1979, 1980, a first-year medical student at the cadaver. I, you know, you're right out of college. You don't know anything first year of medical school. Right, and right. you you start with the head of the body and you go, you work your way down as you do the dissections for that whole semester of seeing every nerve, artery, bone, blood vessel, muscle, tendon that the body has. And you start at the top. So we started with the head and neck. And I don't want to get gruesome on you, but we're doing dissections to see all the different structures from the carotid artery, the vein, I'm, the phrenic nerve, all the different structures I'm that cool with it. my dad taught medical school. Oh, there you go. So this is like right in the family. And I remember, yeah. you know, having the books open and I had four other classmates and we all participated for so many hours doing the dissection. And one of the things that I loved about my medical school at Columbia was they used to bring a surgeon in or two or five who were specialists in that part of the body as surgeons to give the young medical student what they used to call clinical correlation so that it wasn't just you being in a cadaver lab trying to figure out where the nerve is and, you know, the relevance of its structure, but they actually had the surgeon go, okay, let's look for the phrenic nerve. Let's look for the recurrent laryngeal nerve. The recurrent laryngeal nerve is this thin little, as thin as a hair, but it's the most important nerve because that's the nerve that feeds the vocal cord. And I remember doing a dissection on this cadaver looking for that recurrent laryngeal nerve and giving relevance to this opening introduction class that I have. And that's the nerve, by the way, that has led to your paralysis of your vocal cord. Because there's nothing the matter with your vocal cord. It's just the electricity to your vocal cord isn't working. And here's a clapper vision for you. If your vocal cord is the light bulb, losing the nerve is as though you get up off of your couch and pull the plug out of the wall. So the electricity to the light bulb is why the light bulb isn't working. It's not that the light bulb burnt out. It's that the electricity that feeds the light bulb went out, and when there's any kind of paralysis to the recurrent laryngeal nerve, you then lose that vocal cord. And here's the other key. There's two of them. There's a right right side and a left side, and there's two vocal cords. There's a right side and a left side. And what's saving you is the fact that your other one is okay. They're both not out. Otherwise, you ain't speaking. So it's a beautiful thing to understand the anatomy and... It's just, you know, whatever you can be fascinated on. Let's say you love cars or you love computers or you love whatever your passion is in life. How about your passion is the machinery of how your body works? To me, that's my passion. How the hell does our body work? What are the, the, the makeup? Where are the two by fours? Where's the plumbing? Where's the electrical supply? My dad worked as a carpenter, so I understand you can touch the two-by-four. You can touch the pipes. You can touch the electrical wires. But to be able to do it in the body. Now, you can always get a hold of the architect and ask him for the blueprints, and he'll say, oh, I have them in my trunk of my car. Let me go get them. But 
Who's the architect of the building that is your body? Whether you believe in God or not, something created us. And I'm fascinated because I can't talk to that person. So I have to look at what your body is made of. And as a surgeon, I have the chutzpah. That's a Yiddish term. The chutzpah to say, I can fix what's broken. Think about that. That's what you do as a surgeon, which is incredible. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. Talk to me. What's your question? How can I help you? Oh, I just wanted to share that it's just, you know, I had to see, I, I saw a doctor, Dr. Sugarman, and it was just oh. fascinating. It, Dr. Sugarman was just fascinating because when I went in to his offices, there was like all these, you know, rock singers, you know, celebrities yep. that basically had used his services. I just, I just found it fascinating that they had vocal, they had a different kind of vocal cord issues, obviously, mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, they get nodules. A lot of singers develop because of their overuse of that structure, muscle, whatever you want to call it in the body. Sometimes, you know, when I surf, too much wind and water in my ear causes an overgrowth, and it's called surfer's ear, that you literally can lose your hearing from it. So there's too much wind, there's too much water, you get an overgrowth. The, The same concept of an overgrowth when you sing all day long, some in some folks, the vocal cord being used that much cannot handle it. It doesn't appreciate it. And the body responds to that micro trauma by growing a little fatter. And these singers can get a nodule on their vocal cord. Well, here's the problem. You're paying a lot of money to go to a concert to hear them sing. And now that nodule needs to come off. How the hell are you going to remove that nodule without ruining their voice altogether? Listen, if you ruin Robbie Clapper's voice, it's not a big loss (laughs) because I'm not doing, I'm not making a living by people listening to how I sound. They just want to hear the information per se. But if you're Adele or someone like that, who I know had issues with her vocal cords in the past, you've now got to go to someone who's got to help cure and treat that nodule without injuring her ultimate voice, that's where the the art, the science, the skill of being an ENT vocal, Sugarman is in that category. He has saved the careers of many singers. And you know what the irony is? That although he gets a kick out of taking care of the rock star, you know who the rock star is in that office? Sugarman. The surgeon yeah. is the one you want the autograph for, not so yeah. much the artist. So I agree with you. So how can I help you, Michael? What's up? Well, my question was this. When I when I originally went in, they were going to give me, they gave me injections. I forget what it was, but it was like, it was something that moved the vocal cord over. Mm-hmm. And because I'm getting into the stem cell field, I was just curious, like, we're working with a doctor essentially out of Cedar sinai I believe, Dr. Swartz. Mm-hmm. I was just curious about your thoughts about stem cell therapy for vocal cords instead of the other stuff. I can't think of it right now on the spot, but I was just curious what your thoughts were about stem cells for the vocal cords. You know, it's not my field, and I have a good friend of mine, Dr. Joel Aronowitz. He loves using stem cells in breast cancer surgeries, and, you know, he's a, a real maven in this. In the world of orthopedics, 
when we get the word that, you know, you can grow hair back on top of my head, that the dentist doesn't have to pull your tooth, that the excitement yeah. of being able to grow things, it's exciting right now because, you know, I make a living doing surgery on torn ligaments and worn out knee joints and hip joints and shoulder joints. Currently, what am I doing? I'm doing what works, what I know works, which are implants, minimally invasive procedures, but getting people back. If you go to my website, you're going to see a video of a patient of mine riding her bicycle the day after I did her knee implant for arthritis, bone on bone, and she's riding the bike the next day. You'll see the video if you go to the website. Where are we at with stem cells? You know, I didn't do stem cells for her, but I'm doing what currently works. The problem for me right now is I don't want people to say we have the answer when we don't yet. And that to me, and again, this is just my opinion. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here, but if you're calling for my opinion, I'm going to give you my opinion. Stem cells to me right now in my life are a lot like the Wright brothers. Remember, the Wright brothers are the two guys who invented The airplane, the flight, a 100 plus years ago, they were the guys who came up with it. So what we now learn is there was a French guy, there was a German guy who actually also got into the air and could fly. Here's the problem. The French guy and the German guy died because they crashed and died. The Wright brothers, their greatest discovery was not in flying, but in landing. (laughs) They were actually able to control the flight. They could control flying around. They could land. So stem cells, yes, we can get cells to grow. That's not a problem. But in Europe, when they did embryonic stem cells, some of the patients got cancer, and they halted what they did. So getting the cell to grow may not be the problem. It's getting it to stop growing, which may be the biggest challenge. So it's very important for me that we share knowledge. We share information. And the coronavirus pandemic is teaching us what a beautiful collaboration, doctors, scientists, everybody has internationally to try to fight this pandemic. It's a beautiful thing. But when you hear that there's a guy in Texas who has a cure for coronavirus and you got to go to this one person and he's the only one, isn't that going to raise your antenna? How come everybody doesn't have that cure? You know what I mean? It's it, it yeah, always, it's a, I'm a skeptical New Yorker and I'll never be anything it, different than that. It's, it's my obligation as your doctor to make sure I have your safety in mind. And if it works, then all of us should have the same treatment. You know what I mean? Not just one guy in, you know, the Dominican Republic and you got to fly to him to get this special kind of stuff. Steve McQueen, I remember, went to get Laetrile in Mexico because this was, you know, saying this is a cure for cancer at the time. No, if we got a cure, all doctors who treat cancer should have that cure. That's the way I see it. So it's exciting to be in medicine. There's no doubt that the future will be in biologic warfare where we will fight infections, be it bacterial, viral, cancer, diseases. We'll fight it not with a metal scalpel that I use right now as a surgeon, but we'll fight it biologically. And Kobe Bryant deserves a lot of the credit for leading the way when he went to Germany the first time because it really opened our eyes. But are we there yet? In my opinion, no. And so when they say, give me $10,000, it's not covered by the insurance. You know what? I'm just saying your antenna has to go up. That's all. Understood. I hope that helps, Michael. 
What a pleasure, and thanks for listening to the show and appreciating the Clapper vision. You're really too kind, and it's really nice to talk to you. And be safe, and thanks for calling. Okay, Warriors, we're going to take a break. We'll pay some bills. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We need some Clapper vision. In addition, the clinic will be open. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Let me tell you before we go to the final segment, I got to surf on Wednesday, and I got to tell you, for all of those of you that listen, that listen to me that ride motorcycles, it's hard to put into words for people who've never been on a motorcycle the feeling of accelerating up a hill, all right? You basically twist on that throttle and you accelerate up a hill. There's no cooler feeling. You ain't doing that with a skateboard. You're not doing that with other kinds of things. You're doing that on a motorcycle. Well, the waves were so great on Wednesday. And I caught the biggest wave of the set and all my buddies were there to see it, which was great. But I came down the face of that wave, got to the bottom and dug the rail, the side of my surfboard, into the wave at the bottom of the wave while the water was still crashing around me. And I stuck that rail into the water at the bottom and used the energy because I came down the face of the wave to now accelerate up the face of the wave. It's almost as if you want to get to heaven, you just keep accelerating upwards. It's a feeling that only a surfer knows, but I'm trying my best to describe how it defies gravity. It defies everything that we're used to. You're flying in the water. And to top it all off, after my session, which started at 4 o'clock in the morning, by the way, because Ventura is the only beaches that are open for surfing, I went to my favorite place for a donut afterwards, because there's nothing like a cup of coffee and a donut for me after I surf. So when I walked into my favorite bakery, Good Time Donuts in Ventura, her name is Sue, and when you go, you tell her Dr. Clapper sent you, and she'll get the biggest smile on her face. I said to her, Sue, what's new in the bakery? She goes, Dr. Clapper, I've created a guava and cheese filling for a croissant. I said, no way. Would you like to try one? Oh, my God. Guava and cream cheese in a croissant. Life-changing. So get in your cars. You deserve the, the trip. And drive up to Ventura. Go to Good Time Donuts and tell them Dr. Clapper sent you. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen for us next week here on the Weekend Warriors Show. And I'm also going to tell you what's the chocolate thing I discovered at Trader Joe's that I never discovered before that changed my life this week. We'll get into it next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar Sinai. The summer wind came blowing in from across the, the sea. sea. That's Frank Sinatra, the summer wind. Let me tell you, you can feel that summer wind. And, walk with me. and you can really feel it. When he sings about it, it's a gift, but he worked hard at that talent, that God-given talent, his voice, using it as an instrument. That's today's topic, and I had so much fun exploring that topic. And one of the best things, I asked Brad Nessler, how do you keep your voice 
strong and healthy because that's how you make your living. And he said he drinks tea. He times having a Diet Coke before he goes on the air. So if you ask me, how do I keep my voice for this show strong? My answer is chocolate. Oh, do I love chocolate. I am a chocoholic. And my favorite place to get chocolate in Los Angeles is Trader Joe's. My mouth is watering already because I went yesterday and bought $50 worth of chocolate. (laughs) Wow. But my favorite of all the things they make, the chocolate-covered almonds, the chocolate-covered coffee beans, the chocolate-covered cherries. I know it all. I know the store backwards and forwards. But there's one thing that they got there that I've convinced myself keeps my voice healthy. Dark chocolate-covered peanut butter cups. That's right. I said it. Reese's, thanks for coming up with the idea. And Trader Joe's, thank you for taking it to the next level. There's lots of inventions that are out there. And then there are those who take those beautiful beginnings. Pat Summerall-inspired Brad Nestler. Caruso-inspired Pavarotti. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups-inspired Trader Joe's, who then took it to the next level by making it with dark chocolate. Oh, my God. Try it, and then let me know what you think. And we'll do that next week. And my guests next week are the people from Sonos. Jared Abrams found these guys. How do they do this with the Bluetooth? I can't wait to figure out what I'm going to be talking about next week. But you know, I'll be eating donuts at Good Time Donuts in Ventura. Get the tiger tail. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio, and I leave you with Volari. Singing and flying in Italian. Nel cielo in